Amen. I see everyone survived uh, Thanksgiving. Um, maybe a, a little plumper than, than normal, but, um, you know, man, it was good, was it not? If it was good, say amen. Amen, amen it was. I know it was. Um, you know, we just finished Thanksgiving, and we're still kind of lingering with that and kind of tasting on that, but then we're moving also into the Advent season where we celebrate Christ's birth, and I know that uh, I'm sure everyone had a great time with Thanksgiving, but uh, we want to start off, um, you know, the question that that people are going to be asking uh, a lot over the next couple of months, or next month actually, is are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? And, you know, I, I remember asking a server in a restaurant that and, and one time, and she just responded. She said, you know, I'll just be glad when it's all over and things return to normal. You know, and it's like, well, um, okay. Uh, the great tragedy for each of us is that life does seem to return to normal, unless you're in a pandemic. And then it never seems like it returns to normal. But, um, you know, we're, we're working with this, and I exactly, I understood what she meant, because some of us don't like the way Christmas seems to be so hectic. Seems like there's a lot of expectations that are put on uh, during Christmas, during the holidays, and uh, it's a shame that so many people miss the, the true meaning of Christmas because of the hurried and, and, and hectic pace So a little deeper question might be something like this. What does Christmas mean to you? Is it just about shopping? Is it just about trees? Is it just about those things that we make it about? I mean, it can be an exciting time for us. And as believers in Jesus Christ, it should be an exciting time for us. It ought to be a time of joy. It ought to be a time of celebration. It ought to be a time when we're looking forward to what Christ has already done for us in coming to this earth. I mean, excitement fills the air, you know, especially I love these, these grandchildren. Um, I'm, I'm glad that our kids are grown and out of the house. But I love the excitement of these grandchildren, you know, when they, they get excited about Christmas, they're, 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 they can't wait and they just, get, they just can't help themselves and, and, and excitement fills the air. And, and the days before Christmas are both exciting and hectic. And sometimes we almost freak out wondering if we're going to get everything done in time. I mean, you know, as the shopping days drew closer to Christmas one year, a store manager was asked to go talk to this unhappy customer. And so she goes out there and she says, may I help you? (laughs) And the lady replied, I certainly hope so. I mean, sometimes that's the way it is. People are so pressed that they're angry, even during the holiday of Christmas. See, that response reflects the feeling people have as Christmas gets closer. We're just not excited. Actually, we're panicked. We begin to feel like we can't possibly get everything done that needs to be done. You know, Tracy and I had that feeling over this weekend as we began moving into our new home. I mean, she came in there and at one point she sighed real deeply, you know, like, (sighs) said, there's just so much to do. I don't even know where to begin. 
Some people, that's the sentiment at Christmas time. There's so much to do, I just don't know where to begin. And we feel overwhelmed sometimes. But after this past year and a half or so that this world has and our nation has endured, I believe children and adults will experience a renewed sense of excitement as Christmas approaches, especially this year. Now, can you imagine the feeling of excitement at that first Christmas? You know, you think about Joseph and Mary giving birth to their firstborn. What what an amazing thing. The excitement, the nervous excitement. Man, I'm not sure what this process is going to be. I don't know how this is going to turn out. There is some anxiety, but there's also tremendous excitement. Or, or for the shepherds, as they were there in the, the field, and, and, and they're, they're hearing, they're hearing the angel's message. Yeah, they were probably panicked. They were probably anxious, but they were also excited. Or even for the angels, as they proclaimed, glory to God in the highest. Well, this was a new task for the angels, I'm sure. <laughs> you're going to go down and you're going to proclaim glory to God in front of humanity. What a beautiful thing. Or maybe for the wise men, the excitement of following the star in anticipation of meeting the newborn king, the new royalty. Oh, what, a, what an amazing time. I want to I jump into Isaiah for just a moment, the book of Isaiah, chapter 52. And, and I'm going to read a little passage of Scripture there. And um, we're going to be in John, in the Gospel of John in the New Testament uh, in a little while. But um, I want to share this, this passage with you out of Isaiah 52. And it, it, it begins like this, and, and I'm going to be in verse 7. I'm going to read down through verse 10. Isaiah 52, uh, 7 through 10. It says, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Who announces peace and brings good news of happiness. Who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. They shout joyfully together and they will see with their own eyes when the Lord restores Zion. Break forth. Shout joyfully together, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm in the sight of all the nations that all the ends of the earth may see the salvation of our God. Loving Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would just challenge our hearts. I pray, Father, that you would just open our minds and our hearts to see and to hear the message that you have for each one of us. And Father, that you would just open us up. Holy Spirit, that you would be the one who guides us into all truth and who, who leads us in that. And Father, I thank you for what you are going to do in each of our lives because of your word. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You know, I, I love this passage, and I just want to share just a couple of thoughts on this. Um, 
this morning, and then I'm going to go into some other things here. But, you know, it says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. And these are the people who are out sharing the gospel. You think about that. You know, they're partnering with God for the salvation of humanity. And the feet speak of activity. They speak of motion. They speak of progressing, you know, progress. And those who are active and moving in the work of sharing the gospel. And the scripture says they have beautiful feet. They're carrying the gospel. They're partnering with God in that. And then he says, who who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. I mean, the good news, the good news of the gospel. I love this because it can all be summed up in this glorious proclamation, your God reigns. Have you ever thought about that? Your God reigns. Because where God reigns, peace reigns. You know, where where God reigns, glad tidings reign. Where God reigns, salvation reigns. What a marvelous declaration. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. But notice also in verse 10, it says the Lord has bared his holy arm. I mean, no wonder it's a time for joy and, and singing. He's rolling up his sleeves. He's going to work. He's going to, you know, this Hebrew expression here is derived from rolling up long, loose sleeves before starting to work. And the, the arm was bared. It's a symbol of any mighty undertaking or intention. And then it says in the eyes, in the sight of all the nations, that all of the ends of the earth may see the salvation of our God. See, God God does does not just make his saving uh, strength known to those who he immediately rescues. But he makes it known to all the nations so that they may see the salvation of our God. This is the backdrop. This is the backdrop for God sending his son to earth. This is the backdrop of Christmas. I mean, Christmas is a wonderful time. And and you think about the word wonderful. We think about the word wonder, filled. Okay, when you think about something that's wonderful, you think about something that's awesome, something that's marvelous, Something that's delightful, something that's pleasing, something that's perfect, something that's superb, something that's magnificent. If something is wonderful, it's magnificent. If it's, if it's wonderful, it's breathtaking. That's what Christmas is. Christmas is a wonderful time. It's a time of, of, of it's an awesome time because we understand what God did for us in Christmas. Isaiah 9 says that his name shall be called Wonderful. I mean, the shepherds wondered. They, they, they had a sense of awe at what the angels told them. And let's take a minute just to, to look at the wonder, the, the awe, the amazement, the marvel, the, the, the phenomenon, if you will, of Jesus Christ. I mean, you think about this. People down through the ages have wondered at his birth. They've they've thought about that. They've they've pondered that. They've they've wandered. They've been in awe of his birth. And and they have wondered at his teachings. 
I mean, and, and they've thought about it and reflected on his words ever since he spoke them. People quote them and they don't even know they're quoting the words of Christ. You think about this. I mean, the teachings of Jesus who came into the world without benefit of any scholarly training, if you will, or education. Oh yeah, he has the wisdom of Almighty God. Okay, he doesn't need this earthly training. But without the benefit of any of that in this life, he lived in a very obscure part of the world. But his teachings have been studied and examined by some of the world's best minds for many, 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 many years. His words continue to impact the lives of people many centuries later, even after they've been spoken. You think about this. Think about the wonder of his miracles. Jesus came, he lived his life in an obscure part of the world, and he touched people's lives. Think about his miracles. He healed them. He, he touched them and they were healed. He touched them and they were never the same ever again. The, the lepers were healed. Those who were blind could now see. Those who could not walk and were unable to walk began to walk because of Jesus, because of his miracles. <laughs> Those who were dead were raised to life. Such incredible miracles. Think about the wonder of his life, a life that uniquely revealed God. Jesus Christ is God. Jesus is God, a life that uniquely revealed the presence of God among us. He was here, fully God, wrapped in human flesh, fully human. Think about his love. Oh, he loved people, and he loved them well. Think about his wisdom. He walked and he talked and he, he taught. And, 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 you know, the wisdom that he had was just amazing. It was from God. It was, it was God. It was, and, and the peace that he brought. He was, a, he was a man of peace. Not of violence. Not of argument. Not of confrontation. He was a man of peace. Think about his grace. He treated everyone he met with tremendous grace. We look at the, the wonder, if you will, of his, his death and his resurrection. I mean, the meekness, the meekness that Christ had, his, his obedience, his humility. See, we marvel at that. How could someone be so humble? How could someone be so obedient? How could someone have such self-control? How could someone have that kind of strength? We marvel and we wonder at his life. But then we think about his death and resurrection. I mean, in that, he had complete victory. Complete victory over death, <laughs> complete victory over our sin, complete victory over hell. <laughs> wow. 
We wonder at that. We're filled with awe at what he did. See, we feel this sense of amazement, this, this great sense of amazement about God at Christmas time. See, an air of mystery hangs over the birth, the, the life, and the death of Jesus. Because it would be tragic if we lost that marvelous sense of mystery at Christmas. Because we experience the edge of a mystery that can never be fully known or never fully explained. Because we just don't get it. We live at the edge of that mystery. And Christmas reminds us of the wonder, the mystery, the awe, even the unexplainable things in our lives. The things we don't have answers for. Christmas reminds us of that. And it directs us toward the miracle of God's grace. Now, we cannot escape the wonder of Christmas if we would just open our eyes and open our ears because God is speaking all around us. Okay, I need all, I need all the men in here to listen up. Guys, Christmas movies are a thing. Okay, I'm just telling you straight up. Christmas movies are a thing. Granted, they're not my thing. I've never been much of a movie guy. Now, Tracy's in the nursery this morning. So I'm going to go ahead and say this. My wife enjoys watching sappy Christmas movies. She enjoys it. The sappier, the better. And honey, when you watch this video later, please know just how much I love you. Anyway, in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, there's a story about George Bailey. Everybody's probably seen it, okay? Uh, a man who becomes so depressed that he's contemplating suicide, and he wishes he hadn't ever been born. An angel takes him back in time to see what the, the community would have looked like if he had never lived. And he sees the difference he has made in his small town through a visit to the past. Now think of the difference that it would make if Christ had never come. Think of the difference if our Savior had never been born. It's hard to imagine. The peace that we have, the joy that we have, the, the, the ability to, to love others, the, the peace that, that, that just passes all understanding comes because he came. Because he came to us. See, Christmas is so wonderful because it reminds us of the difference that Jesus Christ makes in our life. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. You know, Christmas is also a very unique time. The Gospels of Matthew and Luke. They mark the time, they, they date their gospels by the Roman emperors and by the high priests. But John, in the gospel of John, he reached all the way back in eternity to God. And he said this, he said, in the beginning was the word, Jesus. In the beginning was the word, 
And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. This gospel of John, it bursts forth with a song, a hymn that has resonated through the ages like a, a symphonic overture. It's like, man, this is so amazing. And John wrote this sentence and he, it's one of the most pronounced sentences in all of his gospel and it reflects the purpose of his gospel in verse 14. It says this, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. I mean, God leaps all the way back from eternity to a time, to a place, to a person bursting forth with tremendous claim. I mean, a great God, the great God of the universe came uniquely into our world through Jesus Christ. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's wonderful. It says here he dwelt among us. And the word really means he tabernacled among us. <laughs> he put up his tent among us. And we can see something of the nature of God through him. See, this doctrine of the incarnation of God coming in the flesh points to the real humanity of God because Jesus is God. He came to us. John also wrote, and we beheld his glory. Glory as of the only begotten of the Father, the one and only Son of God, full of grace and truth. I mean, that's who Jesus is. He was filled with grace. That unmerited favor the gift of God. I mean, this is what we're talking about. Jesus, he's, he's, he's filled with grace. He was full of truth. He was the embodiment of truth. He was the example of truth. He was the communicator of truth. And that's why we use his words as our texts. That's why we, we read from God's word. He was full of truth and full of grace. Even in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. And the life. And don't miss this. He said, no one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way to God. See, his life was filled with glory. The very manifestation of God. The very display. God on display through Jesus Christ. I mean, how much more exciting could it be that God came to us and displayed himself through someone like us, through a person, through Jesus? And Christmas is a unique time because it tells us about the way God came into the world as a baby. See, the eternal God of the universe walked down this stairway to heaven, from heaven, and touched earth with his presence, and the world has never been the same. That's significant. He came from up there to here and it's changed everything for everybody. You know, as Philip Brooks talks about this, he says, in O little town of Bethlehem, 
how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. You see, God entered our world uniquely through a stable door. Not with a shout, but he came like a whisper. And today, many people miss his coming because he comes so quietly. So quietly, the gift is given. See, John reminds us that God came at Christmas at a particular time, in a particular place, under a particular conditions, and through a particular person. See, God became the person of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. He came, he became flesh, not an idea, not a philosophy, not a theological proposition, but he came as a, perp- as a person. And I think that's huge. You know, a few years ago, we had a, <laughs> a Christmas production featuring a Grinch. A certain Grinch. Amen. <laughs> that was an adaptation of a, you know, the popular um, book and, and movie. But uh, in the story, the Grinch came down to Whoville and stole all their Christmas trees and presents and goodies and all the symbols of Christmas. And, and um, he said, there, that'll show them, you know. Now they won't have Christmas. But the people of Whoville, they, they met, they gathered in the city square in the snow and they, they joined hands and they began to sing Christmas songs. And the fact is, is that the Grinch could not steal Christmas from them because Christmas was deep in their hearts. <laughs> I mean, even if someone removes all the gadgets, all the gifts, all the decorations, Christmas is still a reality because of the message that God came uniquely into our world through his son, Jesus. That's the message of Christmas. That God came crashing into our world through his son, Jesus. I mean, that, brothers and sisters, should excite us because we are forever changed. Finally, I just want to say this to you this morning, that Christmas is a gift-giving time. I mean, we exchange gifts with each other, with those we love, and and we tell them that they are special to us and, and how meaningful they are to us. And we forget sometimes that Christmas itself is a gift. It's God's gift to us. John 3.16 says, the meaning of Christmas, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his one and only, that whoever believes in him will not perish but we'll have everlasting life. Even Paul, in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, he said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. See, Christmas itself is God's gift to us. And Christmas is the gift of God's son who came into the world in a manger, a cattle stall, at Christmas. So remember, You can never buy Christmas. You can never earn Christmas. You can never merit 
Christmas, you can only receive it. You can only receive it. God's gift of his love was given to us at Christmas. It's untarnished by the telling and undimmed by the passing of of centuries. The birth of Christ unfolds God's intention. Heaven and earth touch. And all of this commonness is ablaze with his holiness. See, the incomparable brightness of this humble birth has set a candle of hope in each one of our lives so that no darkness can dim our lives because of what Jesus did, because he came. Christmas is God's message that eternity has touched our world. You know, John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, but I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly to the full. So let's accept the, the wonder of God's gift and celebrate the joy we experience in receiving this great gift at Christmas. We should be over the moon that God gave his son. But folks, it's only our gift if we receive it. It has to, we have to receive it. We must accept God's gift and we must accept Jesus and his offer of salvation through the forgiveness of our sins because he paid that debt for us. Would you pray with me? Loving Father, we thank you for this time and I thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us and Father, we are so thankful for what you have given us in Jesus Christ. The fact that we're not gonna have to pay for our sins. Father, the fact that you gave your son and he paid the price for us. He he took your wrath upon himself for, for my sin and for the sins of all people. But Father, I pray today that each one of us would be found in him. Father, that that we would accept the, the gift that you've given. Father, that we would accept that with humbleness and we would say, I cannot save myself. God, you made a way where we could be made right with you. And when Jesus died on the cross, he paid our sin debt. Thank you, Father, for that great gift. Father, we can never repay it. But, Father, we must accept it. And, Father, in doing that, we recognize that we are sinners. And apart from you, we can do nothing. But, God, we love you and we thank you for what you did in Jesus Christ. I pray today that each of us would accept that gift for ourselves that we would trust only in Jesus for our salvation. Not in our bank account, not in our home, not in our government, not in any of the things around us. But Father, that we would accept the gift that you've given us at Christmas. Father, we love you. 
And I pray that you would guide us in a time of response. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.